Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out. It is the ultimate commercial real estate agent training. If you're experienced agents or your, your agents are experienced, check it out at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, we have a great show for you today. You know, one of the... Uh, biggest companies in the world that we all respect is uh, Deloitte, right? Once a year, they do a report called Deloitte Insights. It's the 2023 Commercial Real Estate Outlook. And uh, it's, it's, it's a great report, and, and I want to share with you, you know, how they do it and, and some highlights from it to kind of help you navigate you know, what's ahead of us, right? So there's been some changes going on this year, right? Uh, so please welcome my guest. It's uh, John D'Angelo. He's Managing Director with Deloitte, but his real title is U.S. Real Estate Solutions Leader, which is awesome, John. Thank you for joining us, sir. Absolutely, Michael. Thanks for having me. Good to see you again. Yeah, and, and thanks for trying to help me get a title like that at Bull Realty. I'm, you know, give me a vote for that at, at the firm here. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this this is a report for you folks uh, that are uh, watching uh, the show on uh, YouTube or the show website, and we'll put a link to the report for you at CRE show.com so if uh, you're listening on the podcast sites just go to com. the current show we'll have a link to the actual report and uh, uh john how long have you guys been doing this report and and what's the methodology how do you how do you guys do this yeah so uh god we've been doing this for more than a, a decade michael and it's um you know the methodology shifts um a little bit every year so it's not like we are asking the same questions of the same audience um, but we spend a little bit of time, uh, I'm on the planning committee, uh, thinking about sort of what we're seeing in the marketplace, um, you know, and, and what is uh, what we think is interesting to commercial real estate leaders. Um, it's a global report. So we think about what's happening, uh, you know, in the market, not just in North America, but, but globally. Um, and this year we focused in on, um, on a number of, of topics that, that we thought uh, you know, centered in at the CFO's office. Um, so we surveyed 450 uh, global real estate company or uh, CFOs from real estate companies around the globe is probably the right way to put it. Um, they were split about evenly between uh, North America, uh, Europe, and uh, Asia Pacific. Um, and, uh, you know, we got actually a, a great hit rate uh, in talking about uh, what's on CFO's minds about you know, kind of the economy, um, where they were thinking about uh, the revenues going, um, you know, what they were most worried about. Um, we talked about uh, topics related to uh, workforce, ESG, um, and, uh, and, and tax in the regulatory environment. Uh, and then finally, you know, and this often uh, falls uh, under CFO purview, uh, we talked about technology and what's happening for technology budgets and, and uh, you know, on, on what those budgets are likely to be spent. Um, so it got some interesting results. The, and sorry to, to, to be giving you a monologue here, but the, the survey went out a little earlier this year than, than we've done in years past. So uh, we sent the survey out in June, which 
you know, if you remember back was an interesting time in the marketplace, particularly with, with public markets, um, you know, getting a, a beating. When was that? The second or third week in, in June is, is when we were doing our polling. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting time to be doing that. And, you know, rates starting to rise and uh, um, lots of lots of things going on in the economy. And that you were talking to CFOs of these companies and these companies, what uh, they have under management, at least one hundred million dollars uh, of property. Right. So uh, and, and, and being CFOs, you know, my first question, my audience, I think we'll have for you, John, is what do they think of the economy and, and kind of the, their expectations moving forward for you know, a recession or are things going well? Yeah. So, you know, I think recession has been on people's minds for, you know, no, no news here. Um, recession has been on, on people's minds, um, you know, particularly as, uh, as it relates to, you know, what happens with commercial real estate companies? What's the, you know, what's the impact? If one of the things that we did ask that, that was similar to last year is we asked about uh, revenue forecast for the year ahead. Um, you know, in last year, uh, our and we we polled a similar group. So last year, um, God, I'm just looking at my notes. The um, uh, the the numbers that we heard back were were overwhelmingly more positive or or more optimistic about uh, revenues uh, than they than they uh, turned out to be this year. So um, you know we heard something like 46 percent. Of respondents expected revenues to increase um, in 23 relative to 22, and in last year it was um, a north of 75 percent. Um, I will say that that North America respondents were more optimistic than than our other you know two regions. So uh, it was 46 percent in in North America versus 40 percent outside of North America. Um, you know, but what's on people's minds is um, you know a, a, a a market where the the fundamentals are are weaker or worse uh, in 23 than they than they uh, have been in 22. So, you know, just a, a noting uh, less optimism, more more caution, um, and I think we're we're seeing that cascade through a couple of things as as people think uh, you know forward about the kinds of issues they're dealing with and the kind of market they're going to be operating in. Yeah, and and on page. Uh four in the report if you're following along in your report at home uh, there's uh to talk about 55 percent uh likelihood of continued growth through 2022 uh and then 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 down lower it says hey 15 percent the potential of uh, a recession talk to us about that a little bit yeah well you know it's um uh, I, I'm actually kind of surprised that that the number of of concern about uh, recession isn't it w wasn't higher than than 15. Um, you know, it's just I think it's on everybody's minds. But it's um, you know, listen, it, 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 real estate executives tend to be an optimistic bunch. <laughs> so I think you you sort of square the circle in. You know, if we if we don't acknowledge it, maybe it won't happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, the CFO, though, isn't that the that's the guy who usually uh, gives us a reality check, right? The the real the, us CEOs in. Yeah, exactly. You'd think, um, although, um, but yeah, it's certainly not what we saw in the in the numbers that we heard. But I, you know, Michael, listen, I I, I would I would be loath to to say that that uh, you know kind of reflects what people are are really thinking. I think it's it's more about what people are hoping. 
Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And let's talk about some of the sectors, because uh, I think that's real interesting to see uh, in your report and the respondents' the views on uh, the different sectors. And let's start with the uh, elephant in the room uh, office, right? That's the one seems to be most in question these days. What do your respondents think about office? Yeah. So, you know, interesting, Michael, we, we asked about, um, you know, which property types um, our respondents thought, you know, represented the, the greatest uh, potential for risk adjusted return. Um, and, and outside of the U S um, uh, actually uh, sort of core, um, you know, CBD office turned, turned up as the, as the highest, um, you know, uh, potential for greatest risk adjusted return. And, and inside of the U S it was uh, kind of middle of the pack, you know, with suburban office way low. Um, I think it was down at, at the, second or third from the bottom. Um, and, and I think part of that is, um, I was talking to colleagues that have been, uh, traveling around, uh, you know, internationally again, and, and their, their feeling of, of, uh, you know, kind of core city office, um, you know, being vibrant, more people into it, the, the city centers being, uh, more active, uh, than they're seeing in the U S has been, um, uh, you know, kind of universal. So I think that, uh, I think that explains a little bit about you know why we're seeing uh, people outside the U.S. be uh, bullish uh, about you know both um, you know CBD office as well as suburban office. Um, so th- so that was interesting. And the other thing you know when we when we asked about um, uh, workforce management, not to conflate too many topics here, but um, y- you know in the U.S. the um, kind of thinking about remote work offerings. Um, and, uh, you know, flexible work arrangements, uh, you know, kind of popped up to the top of the list. So I think what we're, what we're seeing in the U.S. is, you know, a little bit of continued uncertainty about, about what's happening in the office, where the office ought to be, how it should be configured, um, you know, who's showing up, how often are they showing up to it. Um, and, it and it seems that there's a little less of that outside of the U.S., and why why do you think that? Why would U.S. be slower to get back in the office? You know, it's an interesting an interesting question. And this is, I guess, this is uh, John D'Angelo's view rather than than representing all of Deloitte. I, I think in the U.S., particularly, you know, where, where there are um, you know longer commutes and and you know the advent of I think we talk about this in the report, sort of super commuters, people that have you know moved entirely to a, a different part of of the country, um, people aren't, you know, listen, I'm, I, I believe that, that the office has a, has a role in, in the way we connect and collaborate, uh, and work together forevermore. Um, so people aren't, aren't rejecting the office per se, they're, they're rejecting the commute. Um, (laughs) and I think it's, it's just, you know, with, uh, I think transportation outside of the U S um, and, and commuting times are, are a little more simple than they, than they are in the U S or, or people aren't facing, you know, kind of a drive into the, in the office in the way, um, that, that it's presented in the U S. So I think there's a, I think there's a, there's a bit of that. There's also, um, you know, the, in the U S we've been, I think sort of struggling with, um, you know, with, uh, we, we sort of keep saying, actually, this is probably the third year we've said, we'll see what happens after labor day. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. so I think the, you know, kind of what's, what's happening after Labor Day is playing out differently in different parts of the world. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds like a good explanation. And, uh, 
And in your what's next part of uh, your, your discussions about these different sectors, so it's interesting uh, what you mentioned here about the value changes in the various uh, classes of office. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, uh, what I tell you is um, we're, we're seeing, uh, you know, I think we're, we're seeing value changes and a bit of, of um, you know, kind of in the second half of the year, getting a reset in the bid ask spread um, in the in the different categories of, of offices with, you know, some repricing still um, happening um, in, you know, certainly in, in core class A CBD office. Um, uh, you know, I think there there continues to be a little bit of uncertainty in in getting um, you know kind of getting prices reset. Um, you know, particularly as 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 cost of capital is going up and there's uncertainty about um, you know kind of what the return to office really looks like. So um, it, it is uh, you know I think we we we're continuing to live in in a little bit of an uncertain time, Michael. Um, and you know we're sort of seeing that reflected in in what we're hearing back from from our client base. So let's let's take the kind of underwriting changing out of the equation for a minute. What do you see in the difference between kind of this post-pandemic um, view of kind of class A, you know, versus, versus B and C and, uh, you know, where people want to be? Well, listen, I, I think the, the good news about class A is, um, you know, it, it tends to be, um, you know, where People are going to be placing bets for the the long haul, and and class B and C, it's um it's just a harder value proposition, Michael. Particularly as as the office, and I don't mean to make this all about the office, but as you know, the the office um is can it is and and maybe now more than ever continues to be a place where employers can differentiate the experience. Um, you know, as as we've had uh you know challenges with with workforce um. You know, using the using the office as a as a way to to differentiate the employee experience, um, I think matters. I think that bodes it bodes well for you know kind of well located modern um, you know technology enabled buildings that can give a, a different experience to to employees. And in class, you know, kind of B and C um, are, are it, there's just there's there's a bigger lift. There's there's bigger investments. Uh, required, or they just might be in the wrong places. Um, so, um, kind of makes sense that we're seeing that show up in in valuations. Yeah. And that uh, that makes uh, sense. I mean, the office needs to be a place where people want to be and want to go. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give a quick comment on office, and then I'm going to let's jump to industrial. And and my thoughts on the office market in the U.S. is when it comes back is when the employment market changes, right? When when employees pay to build my career and move up and keep a job, you know, I want to be around the action and be around the people and learn from the from the older people and, and older people learn from the younger people and all the benefits of, of us getting together. I think the office market comes back. So I think it'll be interesting to see the timing on kind of employment market and, and the office market coming back. So I think there's a window for investors that uh, they can find sellers will sell office <laughs> to uh, to get in some deals and for tenants to get good space, but uh, um, but let's move on. Uh, one of the things you guys uh, touch on is, is industrial, and you know everybody knows, I guess, you know industrial's just been cooking, you know, on all cylinders. Uh, but what do you expect moving forward for industrial? 
Well, uh, Michael, we uh, and, and this isn't this isn't our view alone, but certainly we see secular tailwinds for um, for, for industrial, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. Right? Is is there there continues to be, um, you know, I think now, you know, gosh, there's a, a big uh, percentage of the of the global population that that understand the concept of supply chains differently than they did a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, so thinking about where logistics and distribution gets located, um, you know, reshoring of of manufacturing, um, and then you know, think about urban sort of distribution, the the last mile distribution to to support, um, you know, e-commerce, and and sort of different consumer expectations about um, you know about what delivery times look like and and what's available when. I mean, that all speaks to um, industrial having. You know, sustained demand, uh, certainly in in the U.S. for uh, you know, like pick a number, uh, you know, at, at least a decade or more than a decade to come. Um, so I I would I would be loath to bet against um, you know multiple different kinds of of industrial properties um, uh, around the around the U.S. and and you know we were just having a conversation. Internally about the the Chips Act and and uh, you know reshoring of of manufacturing of chips. It's just there's all these things that point to um, uh, industrial, commercial, you know, logistics manufacturing properties uh, continuing to do well. Yeah, yeah, that outlook seems uh, rosy. I agree. Well, let's talk about another one that uh, is on a lot of people's mind, and that's housing. Uh, one because we're we like everybody seems to like to invest in apartments, right? It's been doing well. Um, but also most of us own a home. Um, so, you know, what in, what's next for home values? What's the expectations there? Yeah, I think we're, we're saying we're expecting home values to uh, moderate, you know, particularly as, as uh, you know, debt has become more expensive. And, you know, we're seeing that we're certainly seeing this play out real time now. Um, that that the that home values are have, have either stabilized or in some places, uh, you know, going back as as demand has has moderated. Uh, so uh, you know, but probably certainly less bullish about um, about uh, growth in in um, you know single family residential values. Um, but you know, multifamily continues to look like a a a good investable asset class. Um, so you know that and the uh, I was talking a, a bunch about this earlier in the year the you know kind of the the permanency of of single family rentals um, you know as a as a way to um, you know get people into into houses that 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 aren't aren't buying or are looking for flexibility that that looks like it continues to um, to be you know an increasing institutional asset class um, so we're you know we're continue to see institutions. Uh, you know, grow their portfolio of, of single-family rentals or develop new, you know, purpose-built single-family rental properties. Yeah, it's a big, big sector now. What would you say, John, to um, doomsayers? Hey, hey, we've got a recession coming. We remember the last one. House prices uh, went to the toilet. Uh, what's what's different there? Well, I think there's been a, a ton of demand, um, you know, for for residential um, you know, just period, right? And 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 clearly, you know, with with very low uh, cost of debt, you know, it 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 buoyed um, uh, home prices. But you know, we've we have as a as a country, we have underbuilt 
uh, single family residential for uh, pick a number, 15 years. Um, so, um, you know, there continues to, to, to be drivers for demand. So it's hard to, hard to imagine, a, a, you know, I'm, I'm not an economist, but hard to imagine that there's going to be, um, you know, the kind of, of, of crash in, in uh, home prices um, that, you know, that we saw in the global financial crisis. Just the, 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 the dynamics are different um, in the market. Um, and yeah, we, yeah, we have yeah we have strong strong employment. We have probably fixed rate loans that these homeowners have, so it should be less people losing homes, right? Yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't think we. I mean, we're not seeing the the default rates um, that that we did 15 years ago, um, and and the basic uh, you know market fundamentals um, are you know I, I I would love to to say, and I think it's the case um, that we didn't repeat the sins of the past. Um, so you know, I don't. I just don't think we've got the the same drivers going into the into the market that we did the last time we saw a, a huge you know downward adjustment in in single family housing prices. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of that recession was was based on those weird loans, right? <laughs> right. Or, loans yeah. on residential. Exactly. Yeah. So very different. You know, yeah. we're talking with John D'Angelo, and uh, he is U.S. real estate solutions leader with Deloitte. And we're talking about their Deloitte's Insights 2023 commercial real estate outlook and uh, giving you some highlights and takeaways. And, and John, retail uh, has been an interesting uh, a sector and, and kind of an interesting you know, uh, industry as well. Um, you mentioned here in the report that according to Deloitte's global um, state of consumer tracker that 77% of consumers surveyed are concerned about inflation. So are U.S. people, are we going to continue spending, spending, spending like we always have? <laughs> What's consumer uh, confidence like uh, and how's that going to impact retail moving forward? Well, I mean, it's like, it's, listen, the, the last, um, whatever, last year and a half, um, you know, has been uh, uh, you know, sort of a great time for for retail. You know, and, and retail's got, I think retail's got, as, as we talked about, you know, in, industrial having secular tailwinds, you know, retail's going to have um, some secular headwinds for, you know, the the foreseeable future. Um, you know, and, and we'll likely see a tempering of uh, you know, again, I'm 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 a, a real estate guy, not an economist, but but you know, likely to see a tempering of of spend, uh, you know, from consumers that'll that'll have an impact on on retail. H hard to bet against um, needs based retail. You know, sort of the the uh, you know neighborhood centers um, that that have, that did you know well during uh, COVID. Uh, you know, likely continue to do well. Um, It'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with with regional malls as they as they move from, you know, primarily a, a place to go buy things to, a, you know, a, a place that offers experiences, um, you know, ex expect to, to continue to see that. But, you know, I think, um, you know, retail through two things, one, just a, a likely tempering of consumer spending, um, you know, over the next 12, 18 months. Um, uh, you know, as a challenge and, and, you know, kind of some permanent shifts to, to e-commerce, um, uh, you know, probably a little less rosy, uh, picture for, for, uh, retail, but, um, you know, there's still a, a ton of drivers that make retail relevant. Yeah. And let's talk about hotels, uh, next. How do your respondents feel about the hotel industry moving forward? 
Yeah. So actually, I think a, a, a much more positive outlook on on um, on hotel and um, uh, you know travel uh, and leisure period, and and that's just a you know kind of a pent up uh, demand of people wanting to to, to be out and about. Um, and you know, certainly as you as you look back, um, you know, at a at a period that was that was tough, um, you know, we've seen a, a bunch of recovery. Um, so. Uh, I think the outlook is uh, is is generally positive, um, and you know, particularly as as international uh, travel and tourism uh, rebounds, um, there's a you know sort of good things uh, in in hotel and and tra so travel and leisure. Uh, you know, looking at the year ahead. Yeah, we have a hotel division. It seems like there's a there's a lot of buyers and, and not enough sellers in the market, and. Uh, we have a senior housing division, and and it was uh, it was pretty hurt by COVID, uh, and now it seems to be really bouncing back. What do your respondents say about uh, senior housing moving forward? Yeah, so again, I think um, I think bullish or positive about about senior housing for you know the the reasons you indicated, right? It it was a it was a very tough time uh, during COVID, um, but you know all the all the long term trends point to um, you know kind of great fundamentals. Uh, for you know, senior housing, senior care, assisted living, uh, you know, all the things that that, that really punished uh, during during COVID, um, uh, you know, or sort of returning to to normal um, and returning to, to normal in terms of, of occupancy and 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 yeah, all the things that that have driven investors to that category for a long time. That you know, none of those fundamentals have changed. Um, so you know, the outlook there is 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 positive and and i think that's um you know well placed and in and your respondents uh of these cfos of these companies that uh, control um, lots of commercial real estate um are concerned like other cfos and ceos um, of talent and and employees um and so what, what's a takeaway that that you got from from the report and your respondents related to to talent yeah, it's funny. So we asked, well, funny is probably the wrong way to put it. We, we asked what people were doing about, um, you know, attracting and retaining talent in, in an environment that, you know, it's just been a challenge since what midsummer 21 is really when we saw the kind of great resignation, great reshuffle, um, you know, playing out. Um, the the kinds of things actually interesting in in, in North America the the number one uh, response about what you know what what are people doing is uh, around uh, DEI initiatives uh, just as a way to to differentiate attract and, and retain talent um, and the next couple were were about uh, I think I talked about it earlier were about the office um, and about uh, you know, providing uh, flexible work arrangements as well as, um, you know, kind of a hybrid, you know, inside outside office. Um, so those were the, the so top three responses as people were thinking about what do they do. The fourth one, I think, is also interesting, Michael, particularly uh, as I think about, you know, these were these were people that were all in the in the real estate industry. Uh, and it was um, focusing in on on workplace automation, which which is really about you know, improving kind of the the day to day uh, quality of of work that that people in the real estate industry that our workforce does. So, you know, automating um, activities that are that have previously been manual. So, just as in an industry that is, you know, um, uh, long relied on uh, the way I put it is throwing people at the problem. 
Um, you know, we're seeing clients, and certainly the respondents indicated this, that they're investing in in greater workplace automation, and and I think that all has something to do with with um, just providing a better work experience for the the workforce in real estate. Yeah, I think that if there's anything good that comes out of COVID, it's a healthier building uh, built environment, right? Especially when it comes to um, to office and. I have a recommendation to any office building owners where you have an elevator, your building's big enough for that. Um, you sh- let's not have your residents or your tenants, I guess you call them, um, having to touch the doors. You know, let's have some uh, touchless entry going on in these buildings. Um, so uh, one of the things that seems to come up in, in, in all these reports that we, that we hear that uh, uh, real estate owners are concerned about is uh, ESG is it still a concern? Are they doing anything about it? Yeah. So, boy, Michael, and and my uh, and by the way, just under the heading of of being a, a solutions leader, you you know this you get hung also with uh, with getting a, a barrage of questions at, at, at points in time. And and one of those cases for me was, um, you know, in in March is is the SEC you know proposed um, uh, you know different. Uh, regulations for public disclosures related to ESG, we got a a, a big spike in in calls about you know uh, what's this mean? What do we do? Um, how do we think about it? Um, and we polled about it uh, you know in June uh, related to you know what are people thinking and what are they what are they doing and and where are they? Um, so we uh, so a couple of interesting things um, we heard in in North America. Two uh, percent of people said, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Which, <laughs> let's 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 set that aside for a second. Um, but but one of the things we 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 asked was, you know, kind of when are you when are you thinking about uh, about responding? Are you are you kind of ready today? Um, you know, are you focusing in on the next year, two years, three years, or beyond that? Um, and and in the U.S., people said, "Look, we're." We're, we're waiting for more clarity about what the rules are. So, you know, what do we need to track? How do we report? Um, and when do we need to report? And and they said, you know, 70% of people said, look, we're, we're kind of setting our, our targets for, you know, kind of being ready uh, two to three years out, um, which was about a year later than the respondents from uh, Europe and, and Asia Pacific, you know, who, who are really focusing on, uh, you know, getting uh, all of their, all the data they track and the way they report together, you know, really over the next year, maybe two years. Um, and, you know, the thing that I think we heard the most from the respondents in North America was just um, before, they're, before they do a lot, uh, looking for clarity about what they're going to have to do. So, you know, really looking for some stability in the guidelines <clears throat> about what they need to track and how they need to report. Um, but ESG has been on uh, people's minds in a, in a, certainly in the real estate industry in a, in a way um, that I, I probably haven't seen this, this volume of conversations or this frequency of conversations, um, you know, ever. Except that two percent, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who, who aren't quite sure why we're even talking about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what are some other takeaways, John, from uh, uh, this report? And 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 uh, hey, if you're watching or listening, and and you you haven't seen this, uh, go check it out. Seriesshow dot com. There there'll be a link there. Uh, you can download and read the report. It's it's really when you look at the charts and look at everything, 
some things kind of jump out to you. What jumped out to you, to, uh, John? Yeah, I think maybe the least surprising given when we were polling, Michael, is, is people being worried about availability of capital and cost of capital. Um, so, you know, there was a real, uh, real concern, you know, again, back in June of, of this year, 22, uh, people being worried about sustained high inflation, what that was going to do to uh, cost of capital. And, and um, you know, if, if lenders were, were going to become, uh, you know, much more conservative about, uh, you know, underwriting requirements and, and availability of capital. So that was certainly on people's minds. I think it's still on people's minds, um, you know, as, as it plays out with um, uh, with rising interest rates. Um, so that was a big one. Um, you know, the kind of worry about um, in, in the U.S. in particular about uh, tax law changes. Um, you know, this was before the Inflation Reduction Act and, and um, you know, kind of carve out of carried interest. So people were worried about uh, about carried interest going away. And I think that's that's changed a little bit. Um, we um, we asked about technology um, and, and there's a sort of encouraging and and there's there's yeah, there's there's sort of both encouraging and discouraging news there. Um, you know, not surprisingly, given worries about uh, revenue or, or less optimism about revenue going into 23 uh, tech plan tech spend, the number of people that were planning to increase. Uh, technology spend is is down roughly half of what it was last year. So I think last year, 75% or even 80% of respondents expected to incre- increase their tech spend in the in, in this year. Uh, and when we asked it this year, it was about half of that. Um, and the the number of people that were thinking they were going to, you know, go 5% or more uh, above what they'd spent last year is also down. Um but the flip side of that, which I, I found sort of encouraging, is uh, a, a large number of people were talking about uh, either exploring or, or piloting or, or in early stage production of uh, what we'd call advanced technologies. So, you know, in that is um, accepting cryptocurrency for payment, uh, you know, digital twins, um, you know, the tokenization of, of assets. Uh, we even asked about the metaverse. Um, and there was a, uh, an awful lot of people that were, that, that sort of self-reported that they were either exploring or piloting, uh, uh, advanced, you know, the things I just rattled off as advanced technologies. And I, t- I take that as encouraging in a, in an industry that's, that's often slow to, to, um, uh, adapt, uh, new technologies that, that people were thinking about. Um, you know, what's it mean or what are the implications in their business? Uh, and I think that's, uh, that can only be a good thing. Yeah. It's certainly interesting. I think for especially old real estate guy like me to think of metaverse real estate in the metaverse, cause you can't, you just make more metaverse, you know, <laughs> I have a lot to learn and I think, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a lot of us do. Yeah. In particular, well, that was a yeah. category that people said. But we, we asked, actually, one of the questions we asked about that was, do you care? <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was the uh, that was the one that we got the largest responses of people saying, no, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's interesting. Well, what yeah. would be a final takeaway or, or, or advice for uh, for the future for our uh, listeners, John? Boy, I, you know, Michael, I'm uh, I'm just wired to be an optimist. Um, and and one of my one of my big takeaways is um you know, people in the in the real estate industry kind of sensing responding to to changes in in technology. 
um, and and in thinking about sort of keeping up with um, with advances in in building technologies in particular, um, I I kind of uh, I love the fact that uh, you know although only ten percent of people said their their portfolios were smart that as they look forward they expected to be spending you know more money on on smart building technologies and making their portfolios kind of more intelligent. Um, so, I, you know, if I, if I look at all of this, um, the, um, you know, kind of the changes in thinking about how fundamentally my, my assets operate, um, and, and people becoming more thoughtful about what it takes to, you know, have a relevant asset that's, that's smarter than it was yesterday is a, is a great thing. Yeah, that is, it's time to, uh, invest in these buildings and make them, more attractive to tenants uh, and uh, employees and get, get them in here. And, you know, I, I get a lot of questions because we're day-to-day um, underwriting and negotiating and closing uh, transactions. And people ask me, well, Michael, we can see the past sales, and but what's happening today? And we're seeing underwriting change on, on every class with less cap rate change on, you know, industrial multifamily with a lot of demand, right? But more cap rate change uh, as you go down the line to, uh, you know, to office. Um, so uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to, uh, to see. But we're also seeing sellers, a lot of sellers who are responding and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to have those super low historic rates anymore. So, you know, we don't have to try to hold on to our thoughts about cap rates uh, of, of a year ago. They're, just, they're not going to be here for, for maybe decades, uh, if ever, right? So a lot of the sellers are adjusting and thinking, you know what? Uh, maybe rates are going to be higher in six months, so you know maybe I take today's value. So we are seeing uh, transaction volume um, sustained. A little, you know, obviously it's not what it was last year. You know, last year everybody was going crazy trying to close transactions because of this fear of the 1031 exchange of getting limited to a million and capital gains increases. So there was a lot of activity last year with super low rates. But I think if we average, I think at the end of the year, if we average transaction volume to the last four or five years. We still have a pretty strong year this year because I think some sellers are, are really adjusting to value. What what do you did you were there any respondent questions related uh, to that, or what are you hearing you know from clients? You know, no no respondents um, uh, re- replies to to sort of that, but but I'll tell you just in, in under the heading of what I'm hearing, it reflects what you just said, Michael. Is is um, you know the sellers are still trading gains, right? Um, but you know, as they as they're resetting expectations about uh, about value, it's a you know that's never a switch. It's a it's a process. But the you know the process seems to be happening, um, and you know, like I said, the they're they're still trading on you know in some cases enormous gains. Um, so it you know it really is about um, you know how quickly does that process happen? Um, but it seems to be happening um, you know here in the second half of the year. That's good to hear, I guess. So transactions happen. People, you know, if you're taking a, if your mom, Pappy said, if you're making a profit, you're making a profit. <laughs> exactly. Well, John, Wise words. Yeah, th- yeah, John, thanks for joining us. We appreciate the uh, wisdom and insight and the, and the report. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me, Michael. Always good to see you. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. We appreciate you sharing the show and commenting and and rating the show and subscribing wherever you watch or uh, listen to the show. So uh, thank you for that. And please join us next week. And until then, be sure that you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show.
America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing, site selection, and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert-level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access 1, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.